0: Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? Annoying.
1: The phrase is from Geico, because they help save people money? Geico?
0: Yeah, they were our team sponsor.
1: Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
2: On this episode of DC on Screen, we love Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor is the bomb. Lex Luthor is our favorite CW show this season. I mean, Supergirl. Supergirl is our Lex Luthor show. Oh, damn it. Run the ad that we have no control over.
0: Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from 19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April
2: 6th. Welcome into DCL Screen episode 598. I am David C. Robertson and this, the man, the legend, Jason Goss. Hi. What's up, buddy?
1: Stupid saying hi after all that. I know. Right? Falter off.
2: <laughs> All those blatant lies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You
1: know, I want to do something grand and like strike a akimbo pose, but that's, that's not yeah. for this medium. Would
2: it make you more comfortable if I was like, and this—the disappointment to his parents, Jason does.
1: <laughs> yes, actually. <I> would. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a, a much more genuine. Well, hello. <laughs> Glad you know me. <laughs> I would never be as
2: mean, so mean to say that, you know. Mm. Um. <laughs> Alright, uh, this is the podcast where we talk about the DC Comics Multiverse and Film and Television, give honest opinions on projects upcoming and past, and believe that every version of a property is valid, even if we don't want it to be. If it has been released, it is fair game, so beware of spoilers and welcome to the show. And this is going to be a spoiler-heavy episode, and it's going to be all about something that's been released. We are talking about
1: Supergirl Season 5. Yeah, it's a it's a spoiler-heavy episode that we're getting out two weeks after the, the actual finale.
2: Well, look, man, we've got, we've had big news, you know, oh, it's we've been had big, yeah. a lot of big news coming out. We've had busy times
1: in our own personal lives. Yeah. Um, there's there's an actual stress test that you can administer. I've done it to several people um, mm-hmm. as, as part of my RA activities when I was in, or undergraduate RA activities when I was in college. And uh, mm-hmm. I would just be testing off the charts right now. Cause it's mostly major life changes. Like, are you moving? Have you changed jobs and blah, blah, blah. Like that kind of stuff. It has been interesting times, which I now mm-hmm. understand is a curse rather than a, a blessing.
2: That's what I've always been told. Anyway, so Supergirl season five, man. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> where do you want to start? Because to me, I feel like the the show got good post crisis. Like I feel like it was is is one of the outliers here. Yeah, um. it,
1: it was the best. Well, I I always want to disclaim. Um. One, uh, this season in particular, this year, I'm going to disclaim pretty much all of our CW reviews with, uh, it 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 was, yeah, it took place over a a disparate amount of weeks in certain cases. Like there were bigger Mm -hmm. gaps than normal and it was truncated. Right. Which to me, I feel was more of a blessing than a curse, but I don't know if it was, I, I, um, let me put it this way. I was more impressed with Supergirl this season than any other CW show. And I think it's the first year I've ever been able to say that. Mm-hmm. But I thought post-crisis, um, they really just uh, spread their wings a little bit. And then they I thought they wrapped it up really well, especially considering the circumstances. Yeah. I enjoyed I the show of this thing.
2: Yeah. Which I somewhat, I kind of, in a way, I don't give them credit. But I also do need to give them credit for just recognizing, oh, no, we need John Cryer's Lex Luthor. He is the shining star of this show. He is everything that is keeping this show afloat for me right now.
1: Well, I don't know if it's... And it, I don't know what that's opposed to as far as... Uh, I don't know what they would be doing without John Cryer. But I do know that the addition of him has been fantastic. Yeah, and I, that's without our shitty hot take that it was a legacy pick and and uh, like a gimmick casting. And
2: I did feel like that, but now I'm like, mm, no, this is clearly a fantastic choice. It was amazing.
1: He's done he's done an amazing job with the role, and they've really employed the shit out of him and made for me what like Lena has always been a character that I I I was on the fence about, and for me, they used Lex's role to make Lena uh, like more meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. Like, her arc this season was uh, was very rewarding. I mean, that scene where she shows up at Supergirl's door, uh, that was fantastic. That was really fantastic.
2: Yeah, I agree. I was so happy that she was finally, like, back in the fold, man. Like, I was like, dude, can you just, like, get over yourself and your, like, bullshit, like, I don't trust anybody, crap, just long enough to, like, put yourself in Kara's shoes and understand, like, by the way, I've got a huge, terrible secret and I can't tell anybody because it endangers everyone. And also, you're the sister of a Luthor, and you know, there are all these. There's so many things. There's so many reasons. Yeah, why she shouldn't tell Lena, and she still eventually told Lena.
1: Yeah, well, of they had coalition. an entire. It wasn't the, the mix, mix. What's the uh, mix? The Spitlick episode, mm, um, which was probably my favorite episode of Supergirl ever. Oh God, yeah, Thomas Lennon was uh, everything I could have hoped for. And mm-hmm. they're going back through the series and replaying certain events and just saying, well, what if we had done this? What if we had done this? Um, end of the day, they the the show canonically made it so that she had to make that choice. And then it, it gives it a little more gravity and power later when she kind of wants to keep her arms crossed when Lena shows up and, and apologizes. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the episode, and I feel like it would have happened over a couple of episodes, given a normal Supergirl run. But in this case, it had to get put in the same one, if that makes any sense. Uh, that yeah over the course of that episode they have it out and they have a moment and it's just kind of uh, like yeah by the end of it they're shaking hands and saying let's let's take Lex down um yeah the yeah. the series of things that happened to make this happen were i don't know they were they were uh, they were pretty well thought out pretty fantastic
2: yeah and I, let me just say like my number 1 and number 2 supergirl episodes now
1: uh huh uh-huh.
2: The episode with Mixia Spitlick is number one, where he shows her all the alternate versions of this thing.
1: Oh, I love them hanging the lantern on the changed actor, too. That was good.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, number
2: two, though, Dalex Machina.
1: Holy
2: oh. shit. Yeah. Yeah. What a fantastic episode. That was good. I Just remember- Just, like, going back and seeing, like, post-crisis everything Lex
1: did to poor
2: Miss Tessmacher. Jeez, what a piece <laughs> of shit. Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah. I, I watched that episode over like three days because I had about twenty minutes a day to sit down and do it. And at the end of every one of those days, I was like, "It gets to the end of an act break, and I would just kind of like close the browser window and like I'm going to bed. This is this is rough. I, I can't do this right now. I need sleep. I don't need this on my brain." Um, yeah, he. I I can't say enough about John Cryer popping into this role I, again. Like I know our hot take on that was uh, was it was a gimmick, but we uh you know if it was it worked yeah it, it I, I think you and i both as soon as we saw him in the actual role mhm um we're pretty happy about it like sort of yep. in the trailer they had that that one moment from the the trial that didn't it was like the worst moment in his premiere i forget what he said it was something about superman in the trial and blah 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 I, I don't even remember that now. It just, it, it seemed like a little <laughs> cheesy. And then even within the context of the episode, it made sense. It made better sense. But his premiere was better. Uh, it, and I remember texting you or messaging you uh, a while back, like, uh, honestly, a few months ago, it seems like at this point, saying, like, post-cri- post-crisis Supergirl is the best I think I've ever seen this show be. And it had, some, it had a lot to do with them, including Lex's role. You know, out of the out of the crisis mechanism, where yeah. I'm glad they had him for that because it would it, you know, Lex during a crisis is pretty crucial. Um, and it gave Lena's character room to breathe because they didn't have to like use a Luthor to make that happen. They could just actually use Lex now and make it happen mm-hmm. that way. So coming out of the thing, I think they had the strongest foot forward, and then I think they finished. They 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 blew through the tape faster than anybody else by a long shot to me.
2: Yeah, so far, like and I think a lot of that is Lex, because honestly, man, this that Leviathan storyline was not terribly interesting interesting to me. I was really excited when uh I can't remember his name now, but dude this playing like Ramacon, uh was cast because he was, like, dude. yeah, he was yeah, he was Skinner on X Files. I've always liked that guy. Yeah, uh, he's a character uh, actor, Pilecki, but I've always enjoyed uh, Mitch Pileggi, maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know. But I like that guy. Um, and he didn't do a bad job here, but you know, the category of actor where
1: you're like, I don't remember not enjoying his work, but I don't know who he is. It's Um, that guy, that kind of guy.
2: Yeah. I, I just, I didn't care about the Leviathan stuff. I just didn't except for when it was,
1: you know, Lex screwing them over. Well, the, the juxtaposition between the Leviathan, uh, the, the Leviathan plan and the Lex plan was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. It, what they ev- effectively did was use leviathan which is like a concept that's come up in superman i think a, a couple times but very recently it was a series of books where um among other things it was one of the reasons that superman in the current comics uh i say current in very large quotation marks um yeah because <laughs> it's just it's hard to actually get things right now but um there was a Leviathan storyline very recently that was uh, it was groundbreaking. I mean, they they broke every rule. Every suborganization was just beheaded. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the spiral the the everybody everybody. If you can think of the name of the the organization that they've appeared in Action Comics, they were out. Um, they were outed effectively by one dude who was a throwaway and uh, kind of just mm-hmm. secretly. Can't like uh, galvanized all of his resources and came together and, and made this happen. Um It blindsided everybody though in the entire comics world. But that was like a the idea that Leviathan is is big. They kind of kept in a way, or they they at least kept the 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 uh, the flame going. But it right. wasn't. It didn't hit as much, and it's because also that th- that they had like a Lex character that was always just in a way. Were you not rooting for him, like? In a way, yeah. I kind of wanted him to, to beat them, not mm-hmm. even for any benevolent purposes. I was just rooting for the character, underhanded as he was. I mean, shit. Oh, yeah.
2: Like, if they did like a Breaking Bad type of show with him, I would be all on board.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Like I don't need him as Superman and Lois.
1: Yeah. Just let's just. <laughs>
2: well, I wonder, if, I mean, just because, because there's going to be a
1: Superman and Lois, I feel like we're going to, I feel like John Cryer is going to be employed at the CW for a while. Possibly. Right? As long as he wants. Um, we're enjoying it. Uh, don't know that he's not enjoying it. He's in the moments I've seen him talk about the role. He seemed to enjoy it. And that cliffhanger (sighs) would certainly suggest that we're going to
2: have more of Wax and his mother next year.
1: Yeah. I mean, they literally set him up to be the big bad versus the rest of the family going into next year.
2: Yeah. Like he, he, he and his mother have dissolved Leviathan effectively. And now it's like, Oh yeah, now you're the big bads. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) and this season we've done, we've, you know, done a, they've done us the service of, you know, finally making sure we knew what side Lena
1: was on. Yeah. And they made it feel real. I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about that flip flopping. I think, I think that's where we're going to be. I think, I think the fans want it too. I mean, a lot of fans really like her as an actress. I do like her as, as an actress in this show, but also like having watched every season of every episode of Merlin, Mm -hmm. um, and then just misusing her character so, so often. I mean, I got to a point where I was like, if I see her wry, I know better than you smile one more time. I'm never going to watch another episode. And then I wouldn't. <laughs> and then they would put her in the same position. I I I, I didn't want to hold it against her, but they just kept writing the same episode over and over again. I should have known that. I knew that. I did. It was just like, you know, the shows that are just good enough that you keep watching. And later yep. you're like, how did I even find time? I didn't even like that. That was that one of those shows. buddy. For <laughs> that was one of them for me. But anyway, I think a lot of the fans really liked her character and the actress, and I, I don't blame them. Um, the character itself has grown on me, and a lot of the problems I had with the actress, I've realized personally, had to do with that role, and really have nothing against her. Yeah, no. I, I like her fine. I went through a little bit of emotional roller with her early on, but, you know, we got there. Mm-hmm. And every now and then, early on, I could hear her British accent, but she's gotten a lot better at her American accent.
2: Yeah, I don't I think I may have noticed it a few times.
1: It's only because I was looking for it.
2: Mm. You were trying to fi- find out why you didn't like her, man. Oh, you yeah. You were looking for reasons to not like her because of, of Merlin. Oh,
1: yeah. It was scrutinous. It was uh, it was on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fully How accept that. How dare you? <laughs> I'm accepting it and moving on.
2: Um, I I hate to be... uh I, I like the character of Jimmy's sister. Kelly, I think her name is. I like her just fine. Mm-hmm. Really liked Maggie a lot more though. I miss Maggie. <laughs> I do, too. I, uh, it's not fair to Kelly to say, but I miss Maggie.
1: It's not. They had a they had a good thing going though, but they're they're developing a thing that I like now, and it eventually, I mean, the culmination to some extent was her getting in uniform, and I I, I really like that.
2: Yes, that was
1: weird and cool. Yeah. <laughs> Also, like based on Martian technology where she can, she just has like a, a wrist cuff that makes whatever weapon she wants. That sounds badass.
2: Right. Except she can't figure out how to use that, but she can figure out how to use a whole shape-shifting outfit thing. Oh, no.
1: She, well, she says in in the last few episodes, especially during the big fights, uh, she says like, I finally mastered this thing. So I don't think they got enough time to display her weaponry, but in in the course of the show, I think they feel like they've said she already got that worked out.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I remember they. I'm just saying she got that super suit, that Martian super suit down real
1: quick. I agree. I agree. But I think it's like. I understand they were under time constraints, though. <laughs> there were time constraints. That particular episode, that moment didn't look great. Um, although the, the emotions did. And I remember that episode was actually, I think, directed by David Harewood. Mm-hmm. So when they had, like, character moments, I felt like they were really good. And then the other one, like, I feel like he had to put together an episode with what I think is pretty limited director credits and mm-hmm. uh, like a truncated timeline. So I'm not, I'm not going to try to make that too much. They did the best they could with some of this. Oh yeah. Also, Dude, was, the black was and blue aesthetic, weeks. I just, oh fucking always love that Absolutely. blue and white and black and white No, no, <laughs> blue and bl- blue and white, blue and black. And they telegraphed what was coming
2: when she was in the vir- virtual reality program that I can't remember the name of now, mm-hmm. and she was <laughs> uh, she was basically I super say like Oculus or something.
1: God, they, they kept saying it was
2: it. an Oculus. Oculus is a real thing. I know, but um, <laughs>
1: yeah. I really feel like we should remember that. Yeah, I feel like we should. But oh well, sorry, sorry, sorry for anyone's screaming at their phone right now.
2: I kept th- I kept calling it the Matrix. Not because of the Matrix, but because of the Agents of Shield season. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Um, but yeah, she that. look. I I was three weeks behind. Me and my wife sat down to watch the first episode, and I don't know. I just kept watching. My wife fell asleep. I didn't realize she was asleep until uh, Alex had the super suit like for real, <laughs> and I was like, up. "Why
1: the hell is?"
2: No, oh, no, no, no! I went, oh shit, Alex got a glow up, and then I looked, and my <laughs> wife didn't respond or laugh or anything. I looked over and I was like, oh, she's asleep.
1: <laughs> oh, she's not here for this moment. Oh
2: well. Uh, but I was still like, damn, y'all. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yes, Alex.
1: It was a cool episode too. <laughs> like on top of everything else, it had like you remember the Indiana Jones lady? Um, uh, yes. She had a really cool storyline within that or there was mm-hmm. a, there was a bit of a slow burn on Alex realizing that she was just putting off something that was a, a, like a terrible life moment and that's kind of the they that's the mechanism the show used to keep everybody in stasis it's like there are people that just want to avoid things so hard that they're willing to accept a new version of reality because they have the option and mm-hmm. it was i don't know man it was uh it was cool kind of poignant in a way like supergirl Sometimes does this well and sometimes does this a little clumsily, but like I, mm-hmm. I rarely disagree with what they're going for, but sometimes I disagree with the execution. Um, I say rarely, probably never disagree with their overall point, but sometimes their execution. Um, and in this case, it was more like, uh, how immersed are you in your technology and how much are you avoiding your actual life? A fine point to make, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, said the person with the podcast. Um <laughs> Uh-huh. I get that, too. i not, mm-hmm. not aware of it. Um, I know you is. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, there's a podcast I listen to called The Happiness Lab. Uh-huh. Um, it's just like, a, I think it was, it was either Harvard or Yale. I can't remember. It's one of the, the bigger uh, Ivy League schools, though, where she was a professor, and she kind of realized all of her students are miserable. She was a psych professor realized there were, all of her students are kind of miserable and just beside themselves and she decided to make a, a class called the happiness lab that was just pass or fail there weren't grades and she said she wanted to do it without even having grades but she couldn't that the school just literally didn't add no precedent for it and wouldn't allow it but she made it and then like a thousand people signed up the first day because it was just they were working so hard they were stressed they were in this high pressure environment and at some point there was a professor that just said hey what if we weaponize some of the stuff we know to make you happier and they just kind of went oh my god thank you so uh Malcolm Godwill and Pushkin, Pushkin Industries turned that into a podcast that let's do now it's actually kind of helpful sometimes um hmm. but point being one of the things is they uh Occasionally we'll touch on like this kind of technological disconnect where you're not mm-hmm. like they did an episode about somebody who uh, they phrased it as divorcing their phone. Like they, uh-huh. uh, they if they were spending time with their child, the phone was the phone was off, period. That was that's how this was. If you're if you're hanging out with the child, the phone's off. Um, and then like dinner and family time is uh, phones in another room. Minimum. Because apparently there's some research to indicate that even if you're like aware of the phone buzzing while you're doing something, it can still inhibit how much you enjoy that activity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I keep cracking up because she'll in particular, she'll like point out these kind of things. And then and then every now and then just be like, unless maybe you're listening to your favorite podcast. Hey, like there's this weird little asterisk at the at the end of it. Just being like, uh, unless unless maybe me, which is I hope helping. Sorry even though some of the research indicates that I may not be helping, but please keep listening. <laughs> Don't unsubscribe. <let them> subscribe. <laughs> That's funny. Weird sidebar. Uh, point being, I, I, enjoyed the technological aspect of what they were going for this season. I, I honestly thought it's kind of the, it, it's a, a thing I've heard many times harped on, but I thought they did it pretty well.
2: Yeah, they did it. Okay. Uh, I don't think I liked how they resolved it necessarily, where it was just like Kara floating in space, in fake space, yelling at everyone who's holding hands. That was
1: a little weird. I but agree, I don't, I don't. but I also, I could have told, I could have recorded a segment by myself explaining that Dave is going to not like this. Uh huh. Because it's not a thing you're pretty supposed to like. Like, one, it was kind of weird. So it's, it's not like super grounded. And two, it, the entire thing relies on a Supergirl hope speech. And that is just not your favorite mechanism at all.
2: Yeah. Like, I don't like basically the Supergirl's greatest power is that she's Jeff Winger from
1: Community. I, yeah, but I like that most of the time. I don't always liked it when Jeff Winger did it. I <laughs> don't have a problem with it here either.
2: I think it's funny when Jeff Winger does it on community because it's obviously stupid and ridiculous that everyone falls for it. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> that's kind of like part of the uh, the show's premise from episode one. I get it. They're freaking lemmings. But <laughs> and Britta, back in the first few episodes when she was actually pretty smart, um, it just straight up calls him on it. Mm-hmm. And then they slowly, over the course of the episode, make her a Britta. Or the yep. series, make her a Britta. And then later, you remember when Jeff just says, like, when I met you, I thought you were smarter than me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sorry. Weird community aside, but it was a good episode. It's a fantastic show. Um,
2: but, yeah, no, I I, uh, I didn't care for the, the Supergirl speech at the end. Or, you know, in the, in the simulation.
1: Wasn't my favorite uh, of them, but yeah, I don't mind the mechanism, so.
2: I uh kind of thought they touched on something interesting with that episode that was basically like murder mystery procedural inside of the inside of the program. Oh Remember the guy like built his own castle or something outside of the normal programming. He had like his own mod.
1: Yeah. (laughs) He was
2: just torturing people. That was a, it was a
1: neat concept. I've seen it played with before, but again, they did pretty well with it. Um, The idea that like, if you do create a technological architecture, there are going to be people that can hijack it. Mm -hmm. And in the real world, it, you had Kelly trying to point out, "Hey, you, you know we have flaws, right?" And then realizing there's a, this set of bureaucracy that ultimately is controlled by Leviathan mm-hmm. that is keeping those flaws under wraps to make sure that the the launch is going ahead as planned and and the, the you know the program is going along. Um, but it was a, it was a cool concept that somebody could just completely hijack that thing and keep someone's mind absolutely under their control in their own personal hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a cool episode. I wasn't a big fan
2: of it. I, I really just wanted, like, more or, like, not at all. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Like, if you're going to do, like, a whole episode about this, just, like, weave it in a little better to me. You know what I mean? Like, just don't. Maybe I'm just picking.
1: But it, I was just sort of like, what are we doing? <laughs> <I feel laughs> Why like are we doing this right now? It was a bit woven in, in the sense that the point of that episode was to to highlight that there were flaws in the program. And- mm-hmm. And all the stuff I just said. Um, right. Which is, yeah, which what was important for the rest of the season, honestly. For sure. It, ha- it, it had a job, that episode. Mm-hmm. I don't think I just, I, I just don't think I minded that it was a little bit of a sidebar. And it was an Alex-heavy episode, and normally those are actually pretty good. Well, yeah. I just don't think I minded. Okay. I can understand that.
2: <laughs> uh, what do we think about uh, the Brainy and Dreamer paths this season? I just continuously feel bad for both of them. Like, I've really, number one, I've really enjoyed Brainy since he took off his inhibitors. Yes. He is so much more tolerable.
1: <laughs> I, I think also they're just they're letting the actor do more, and he's apparently very capable.
2: No, no. Here's the thing. They're, that's not what they're doing. They're letting the actor do less, which somehow means more. Like, Oh, I see what you're saying okay they're, um, they're like just scale it back be a little more detached a little more cool and oh, I like his character so much more
1: I like I think I can I, I think we're on the same page to rephrase though they're letting him they're letting him be a real person and not making him like a hyped up robotic he's not a cartoon anymore yes there you go he's
2: not a freaking cartoon anymore I get it uh, his his ethical subroutines aren't necessarily there yeah he has to actually make choices for himself. Which has been
1: fun to watch. Like <laughs> one of my least favorite things, especially in the CW, is the uh, "I did it to protect you" storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I feel like I had a little bit of emotional bandwidth for that uh, this year, just because Arrow wasn't airing anymore. Yeah, they normally take up all of that. I I, I really have that. That's normally yeah. Anyway. Um, but I like I, I I really like him and Dreamer together. Um, but I. I felt, it went, I don't know, it was like episode per episode, sometimes it seemed like they were just dragging this on and those two kids need to get back together and sometimes it felt like there was a real reason, and honestly it had the most to do with how much I was getting to see Brainy and Lex conspire. Mm-hmm. Like when they focused a lot, eh, that's probably just on me and like top of mind mentality, like the uh, like recency effect thing. Like when they were conspiring and I knew what Brainy's plan was and I was emotionally attached to that part of the storyline, I was more forgiving of it then when, like, later there'd be an episode where they were just uh, real terse with each other, and I'd be like, ah, oh, come on, show. Get those kids together again. Jesus. Yeah, it, I I kind of flounder
2: between wanting, like, being bored with the with the uh, the rigmarole, like, the going through the motions, you know, yeah. where it's like, uh, okay, well, maybe we'll, uh, you know, we got to wait to see them slowly find their way back to each other. I get bored with that crap. But then I'm I'm also going to be the
1: one who complains when it happens too quickly. <laughs> I know. I get bored with certain premises, and then I also, if you're going to get in that position, I want you to get yourself out of there in a way that I can, where I can see the, the progress. I want to see the steps on the ladder. Well, I sort of think, like,
2: I would like to see it in real life. Like, I want to see it on TV like it is in real life a lot of times. Like, I don't need some giant realization or proclamation that they need to be together. What I would like to see is, you know, them slowly backslide into being together again and just, like, quietly accepting their fate. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) (laughs) Like on TV, it's like, everything is such a big to-do. It's like, (sighs) no, I must be with this person because of blah. Or, no, we can no longer be together. Like... The, the, that part is real in real life. Like a lot of times you'll have a relationship and then one party will be like, no, we're not good for each other because we both like to watch TV and we're bad for each other and we're not getting enough exercise or, you know, you're hindering my faith or some bullshit. Yeah. And then, you know, slowly you start to hang out again. Well, maybe it'll be okay. And then you're just together and that then 20 thing years are texting passed,
1: each other and there's a moment somewhere and you're probably both drunk. Maybe <laughs> things change just a little bit, and and or, then your friends you know, are like, Oh, she's terrible. Wait, oh, she's good again. Um, okay, sorry. All right, I'm trying yeah. to keep up, buddy. I'm trying, I'm
2: trying. Or is you know, it's something as simple as, Hey, I thought of you when I saw this, or Hey, something happened to me today that made me think of you, and then all of a sudden you look, 20 years have passed, and you have kids, and you're like, Oh, yeah, we had a whole life together. Yeah. Like, did we ever sit down and have that conversation? No. You just asked me to marry you. Okay, cool.
1: Yeah. Christian uh, um, and I joke that like we should have had a banner up at our wedding that just said, we're done breaking up, I promise. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've been dating since we were like
2: 16. It, it was wise to not have that banner. <laughs>
1: you I would have had good. friends and family also, alike we, taking we... pictures of it. We got just to cost of the wedding anyway and couldn't afford the banner if we really wanted to. Um, but I, I do, I love the small moments a lot more. Like like imagine Brainy just like watching Netflix or something and the next show is one they watch together and he just breaks down. Or mm-hmm. some shirt that just sits there for episodes and episodes and eventually you realize it's the last shirt she wore while she was over there and he doesn't want to wash it. Like that yeah. kind of like little little moments like that where are like, oh, that's that's real. That sucks. Like got a yeah. toothbrush sitting in your... Next year's sink for five months till you have the courage to throw the thing away because, damn it, it's finally time. Right. That kind of shit. You yeah. know, normally you get time in this kind of show for that kind of subtlety. I I, I appreciate that too. But
2: Now, I knew it was going to happen, but I did like that he became who he was because she encouraged him to take off the inhibitor. Yeah. I, I liked that the changes brought them, took them
1: apart because she was like, no, you need to be you. Yeah. I did like that and a lot. At times, he kind of acknowledges, "Like this is hard for me." It it's one of the reasons. I often I find myself resenting this kind of will they, won't they. And uh, I think because there was so much built-in backstory, I didn't. I was a little bored at times, but I didn't really resent this kind of this particular storyline as much as sometimes. It sometimes do.
2: Right. No, I can agree with that too. And I think it was irksome at times, but mostly tolerable i was on board more than i normally
1: (laughs) am let's put it that way um that sounds right and i mean one especially some of his last scenes but that one scene when they're at that bar or when he's just at the bar and he he just brings out the one of his kind of like inner personality kind of people and explains the entire process that he's going to do that and there's some version of them predicting each other's sentences and all that um when he just says, I, "I brought you here so I didn't have to die alone," I was like, "Jesus Christ, that is yep, that's the best moment I've ever seen this guy have on the show." Yep, like everything in his eyes, like he's sitting there drinking a beer that probably doesn't affect him. He's just doing the affectation of it. Uh, but yeah, that dude's eyes Said, "I'm gonna die, and I'm I'm not I'm not gonna be able to die near my friends."
2: Yeah, that, that was part, all. That real was
1: rough. rough. Yeah, I love his all, sister. It was all his real save. life sister. Oh, was it. Hmm. The female version of Brainy is that dude's real sister. It was IRL, that's good. Yeah, they did really well on screen together. Mm-hmm. Ugh. that was that was a tough scene. Like I had, I I stopped it for a second and just kind of looked at his eyes. I'm like, man, that is, give that guy a give that guy a fucking cookie, man. <laughs> <A> cookie? Yeah. <laughs> you get cookie for doing good things. Yeah. All right.
2: <laughs> Dude, I was happy to see McGon come back. Oh, me too. Yeah, I was really happy. I never expect her. No, I don't either. I was like, Yay, and she and Sean look like they're together now. Okay. (laughs) That poor guy
1: deserves it. Yeah, I I agree. But it's also it was another moment where I thought, I feel like they did that in less of a time frame than they were expecting, but okay.
2: Oh no, man, I've been waiting, man. I've been waiting. Like she gotta go off and do the thing with her people and then she gotta come back. Man, she she come back, she's like, Oh, it's it's pretty good now. Cool, go.
1: Everything over so, there is good. We're good. We're straight. Like, hey, I, I recommend the Chacos.
2: A little bit of lip shit. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, I've
1: never said that I before may, in my life. I may never get that out of my head. Next Uh-oh. time I see them Kiss, I'm going to hear blah, blah, blah.
2: Oh well, uh, blah, 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 blah is better than a little bit, a little bit of lip shit.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why? Why am I the way I am? I don't know. I told you a couple a couple weeks ago. For some reason, uh, sometimes a phrase. Sometimes it's the the rest of the dream that I'm remembering. Uh, that's rare, rarer than the other options. Sometimes it's a song, but whatever the hell is going through my head when I wake up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just a phrase, and the phrase was lip chisel. Lip chisel. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. I still don't know what it came from or I, I don't I don't like the two words together though. <laughs> nothing good can come from it.
2: Um so speaking of of nothing good can come from it. <laughs> All right. while I was a little broken over how they treated Miss Tess Mocker, I do really like the fact that they have kind of kept her character, like the essence of her character from Superman the movie, like this whole time where she's like A badass who's working with Lex might be in love with Lex. Seems to actually like be in love with Lex to some degree, but then also ultimately realizes that he's a complete douchebag and he's going to screw her over too. Yeah, like I like all that. They, they, they've that. That's pretty much what happened in Superman the movie, if you recall. I don't know if you recall. I don't.
1: Um, I haven't rewatched that in several years, and it's partially because I assume we'll just rewatch it at some point to review it.
2: Yeah, well, she was the, uh, you know, somewhat busty henchwoman who, you know. I recall that part. Just sort of lazed about and you thought she was a real piece of shit. And uh, then she realizes, and she's still selfish, but she realizes that Lex is going to launch a missile. uh, That missile and is going to, for his little uh, real estate plan, he's going to destroy the place where I think her mother lives. Mm -hmm. It, uh, It was her mother again here. Um, and she's like, but Lex, that's where my mom lives. And he's like, well, too bad for mom, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's going to have a bad day. So, um, you know, she winds up helping Superman, getting him out of his kryptonite chain. Or,
1: you know, uh, like, please save my mom. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. I, I, I thought she had a pretty good arc on this show. Mm-hmm. And part of that had to do with uh, the Deus Ex episode. Like, when... Some of his speeches, when he just like the "oh, you silly girl" kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, were just brutal to hear. Just like, oh. between that and when John Cryer gets to actually yell at Lena later, um, I was just so happy that this guy was involved. I mean, it, it the writers too. That by the way, they gave him a great arc and they gave him some amazing dialogue, but they uh, they they pulled it off extraordinarily and. Uh I mean those scenes were fantastic. Like toward the last few episodes when you realize that Lex is ultimately every bit of the piece of shit you ever thought he was. It's it was it was great television. Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: I liked Lex so much. I just I keep you saying coming back to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um so Tell you who it didn't like the guy, the English guy, the the William? reporter that I guess Car is dating now or whatever. Like I just I don't care. I just don't care. I just don't like him.
1: I mean just, from what I, I can like tell, that has been a lot of the audience responses. Really, I haven't paid attention to that. Uh, just just some stuff I've seen here and there, but um, <laughs> I don't have I don't have a series of uh, research, um. <laughs> But yeah, there've been a lot of people just saying like, why are we supposed to care about this guy again? Like, wait, yeah, we, it's, mm-hmm. you know, we, she doesn't like, well, a, the argument is she doesn't actually have to have love interest. We can just have a show where she doesn't have that. And I completely uh, yeah. agree. That would be fine. Um, the whole thing between them has been forced
2: to me. Like a lot of people have, have said that he and Melissa don't have any chemistry on screen. I don't for one minute buy that. She's interested in him remotely. Um, I mean I like they, the idea
1: that she's uh, interested in a reporter. Yeah, but they spent because like it makes half sense the whole season the
2: character, but... making him be a dick to her. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. And I understand that that happens a lot of times in real life. But That's it's a not real a thing, thing I want to uh, yeah, sure, but it's not a thing I want to see on on screen for like half a season some dude being a dick and then all of a sudden like, oh, they have a connection because they investigated a story together and he saw her true reporter's heart, and by the way, I'm not really working for this people. I'm investigating them. Man, I don't care, dude. I don't care. Like yeah. they they burned that bridge. I don't care. You, I don't like your face. I don't like your attitude. Get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> I think they burned that bridge, and I don't. Also, like you know, it did feel like they were just like, oh, cars has got to have a reason to get over whoever Monel or whoever it was the last time. I don't remember now because. Every season's a new love interest, yeah. And also, every every new person on the show to me feels like Samantha. It's like just like a lady who goes into shadows, who was Lena's old friend. I'm like, I'll never see her again.
3: Like
2: this <laughs> this season will
1: end, and they'll act like she never existed. Like <laughs> it'll come and go. It'll be rain over and over. <laughs> like. <sighs> Well, I, it, was, it part was, of it was funny I enjoyed the Luthor storyline is because I thought that was how Lena was going to end. And now they've built her in in a way that I finally can get behind. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I say I finally can get behind. I don't mean that to be uh, trying to, like, rate it. I just mean that, I, like you said, I feel like people come and go, and I didn't know if I should invest in her. And until the se- this season ended, I wasn't sure how long we were going to be with her, so I didn't know.
3: Yeah.
2: It, w- it was funny, though. Uh, I protect Bethany myself. Was... That's the thing. Bethany had Monk on last night, Mm -hmm. and uh, Adrian goes in, Adrian and Natalie go in to to question, uh, he's just opened his PI practice, uh, begrudgingly, Mm -hmm. and uh, he goes in to interview or to talk to uh, some people at a bar, and the first person they talk to is a waitress, and uh, Bethany gets, you know, who... I know her from something. She goes and looks it up. She's like, "Oh, it was Rain from Supergirl." And I was like, "Oh my god, that was so many years ago. She was so young. Like she was a baby, dude." Yeah. But my initial reaction was, "Oh, I thought I'd never see her again." <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh.
0: I mean, I mean, it feels rude. It's just
1: It's it in sure it is in a way, but we, you know, I agree with you, but we're not saying that like people are just canceled in any way we're just saying like supergirl will build a character and we start to love them and then the next season they're just right. gone i remember uh, uh rain whatever her name in the show was or, 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 or alias samantha the was. samantha was it samantha okay anyway so i even liked her daughter like i, I miss I, her
2: i did not like her daughter i liked
1: her daughter i thought I it was one. openly
2: of the, detested her daughter
1: no i thought it was one of the better played characters for like a like, sometimes people use a, uh, a child as like a grounding wire, mm-hmm. where they're like, whatever's going on, it's it's all about this kid, and, and that's my motivation, and that's how they go. And sometimes it's overused. Uh, this this one felt more genuine than the other ones, than some of the other ones I've seen. I
2: don't know. I They, they made her whiny. She was overly whiny, eh. and I didn't like the actress. I'm sorry. I just didn't. I thought she was a nuisance, a hindrance on the show. And if it wasn't, I felt like it was a bullshit story. Because clearly they were ramping up. It looked like every indication was like, oh, Samantha's going to make the sacrifice play. And Alex is going to adopt this kid because she has spent the entire season warming up to this stupid kid. And then they turn around and like, we never see Samantha or the kid again. There were no stakes, no consequences. Uh,
1: Alex still doesn't have a kid. I like, agree with the outcome. It just in the interim, while she was there, I I I, I thought yeah. the actress did a pretty good job, and I don't know. and I
2: understand the the, the fallacy of me I saying I couldn't whiny. stand the kid, I, and then I'm angry that she's not still there, <laughs> <laughs> and her existence had no
1: real <laughs> had no real stake. Well, I get it, but, but it's it's also <sighs> part of just doing reviews like this. Is when we look back at the whole season, like. It's it's interesting and important to remember what you felt in the moment, but sometimes how it ends and you know what it portends for the future has a lot to do mm-hmm. with how you feel about it looking back. That's yeah. just a human thing.
2: And I think I think these shows are best when there are stakes, when it matters what is happening, uh, and so often I feel like there aren't really any. So because they didn't, they just. Suddenly Samantha was their best friend, and she was coming to all of their things. And then we go away for a month, in like show wise. And then she moved. Like you just got that job, (laughs) like just got that job. What are you doing? Like what do you mean you just moved away? Like nope, she's gone now. Yeah, she's not one of her best friends anymore. Mm -hmm. Like Alex is like, hey, you remember that little girl that I got really close to? Yeah, she's just gone. So like I just like. And if I'm being honest, like Maxwell Lord didn't do much to help that either. And like, we, we get, we're like, oh, cool. He has, has, he's an arc and it looks like he's going to be a good guy with us for the night. Oh, okay. He's, he's going to Vancouver. He's gone. Yeah. Like, oh, Samantha's gone for no reason. Her story's over. We've used her up. We don't care anymore. We have no interest in exploring that. Even like, James. Maybe, gone. maybe don't, well, that dude
1: wanted to move on, I think. He did. It's not, it's not his fault. I'm just saying to your point, people come and go. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and, but it made sense the way they they made him go. Like, if, if there's a good outro point for the character, if the character comes to a logical point and says, okay, I'm done, don't end a season with, you know, a character that we've grown to like over the course of the season we've become invested in, or more than one character, and, like, you're pretending that they're all best friends and everything, and, like, then the next season is, like, a one-line... Like one line explanation, like oh yeah, she's gone now. Yeah, I get we'll it. We'll never mention her
1: again. Like, I, what? Are, why? <laughs> Some of the expectation is is I don't know a little bit our fault because like we cover this stuff. We also know the the difference in the uh, if I say someone's a series regular, or a season regular. Mm-hmm. Um, you know exactly what that means. I know exactly what that means, but I also know that if you they know change though. That's the problem. It, they change. Could change. You they can, change. John Cryer was originally listed for three episodes of this show. And That's then he right. became a linchpin for the crossover. And is now apparently the BBEG for the uh the coming season. That's right. Um Um Yeah. I just I don't know. Like I, I
2: just I'm uh, I'm a little aggravated when, you know, they don't lock him down for a possible extra season or something <laughs> so that they could give them a reason to leave. Yeah. It just bothers me. It bothers me. So that's why I don't have any hope that shadow woman or whatever her, she's called. I can't remember her name. I didn't even learn her name. That's how bad that was. CEO of the company.
1: Like I didn't either, but that is not on the show necessarily for me. Like I have just not had a lot of time to catch up in the last couple of months. Uh, it's really the last February was the last time my life was semi normal. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, yeah, most everything I've done has just been trying to keep up. So in the moments where I was able to watch Supergirl, half the time I've been like watching that. And then the other half, the t- like one eye watching it with captions on so I can actually hear it. And the other eye, you know, watching the toddler to make sure she didn't fall off a damn couch or some shit. Mm-hmm. And then the moments I did have, it'd be like, I'm going to watch this now at night. I'm uh, yeah, I, while I'm already tired. Um, I'm not gonna blame that particular character on them. I'm just gonna say it's been weird for me but it uh, oh. I, but the same the same thing applies i I did grow to like her like if you if you take away my expectations of what you're talking about mm-hmm. of the like we've been hurt before kind of thing yeah I did like her story and her character. I liked her and Lena's backstory that episode with her and Lena was uh was actually a highlight looking back um like are that they have a secret backstory where all this is going on was uh, was pretty cool. Yeah, but, I
2: liked I liked those episodes. Andrea Rojas, that's her name. There you go. Um, but um, I had to look it up <laughs> while you were talking. I had to like open up that Wikipedia page and go like, oh, what was your name again? Oh, okay. Hope I like, distracted I, one long enough for you to get to there. I felt bad for her dad and whatnot, you know. But
1: it's a cool backstory. Um, I didn't care for real, for real. I liked, uh, I liked the actress doing what she did. It wasn't, it's not something that I'm like happy to go or exhausted by, by any Stretch, but I, I do get mm-hmm. the like, the a little bit of just burnout of, yeah, well, how long is that going to be around? Yeah.
2: Like in three seasons, if she's still kicking around and helping Team Supergirl, I'm going to be like looking back and going, well, was she? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> But it's a little bit like how, you know, every time. I have a
1: little bit of the emotion of like an an abused dog at a shelter. Yes. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) That needs to learn to retrust. And you have to like, like if you were the show, if if you were writing the show, you'd have to like give you, give you some snacks with an open hand and no eye contact and start there. (laughs)
2: I've watched a lot of bad television, Jason.
1: I understand. I understand. I have dealt with sheltered dogs. Mm hmm.
2: Whether it's the situation where, like, you know, like Dark Angel, where it get, got canceled after that horrible second season. The first season wasn't even that good, but I started watching it. So I was going to be damned if I wasn't going to finish it. And I felt like it was, a, you know, a beloved parental figure on life support. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. when they actually pulled the plug, I was like, oh, I would have loved to have seen more of that story and actually get an ending. But it was time. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> or whether it's a firefly situation or, you know, I, I just, I, or the shows that never end freaking shows that never end. Like the CW shows who they just don't believe in stakes. And it drives me crazy when they actually do stakes. I love it. It's and the I'm big
1: qualm with the CW is plant their- a big
2: flag in Nora yeah uh, <laughs> in the flash, you know like there there have been real stakes on that show, and then other times it's just oh what are you doing? what are we doing?
1: yeah, I get it I, it is one of the big problems is like when when you watch a thing it needs to mean something and mm-hmm. sometimes it feels like uh did you ever have a phase where you watch professional wrestling?
2: um I did not have a phase where I watched it really like I think I've seen like... One episode of SmackDown ever, and then like have ignored it blissfully in the background (laughs) while other people watched it. But I did go through like a serious phase of buying and playing wrestling video games, like from everything I know about pro wrestling. You could customize the characters, though. Yes, I could customize the characters. Yeah, so like someone, like people at work or whatever, like, I'll talk to somebody, they'll be like, oh, man, you know how, uh, you remember the Undertaker's opening? How he does come in and do all the things? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> because those openings were what I had to choose from with my customized characters yeah. for them to come in. So I'm like, yes, I remember when Undertaker rode the motorcycle into the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I thought you didn't like wrestling. And I'm like, I don't. I. <laughs>
1: Like, I don't either at a certain time, and then in another, other ways, like, when I was, like, between, I don't know, 12 and 15, it was something that, depending on which friends I was hanging out with more at the time, that mm-hmm. it was more or less a thing. And it was in, like, Stone Cold Rock right. era. um, it, it, I think uh, kind of a high time for uh, that particular form of entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if that's historically true, and I'm sure anyone who knows better would tell me I was wrong. But... Uh, it was it's, it was interesting yeah. to watch at the time. And something that was endlessly frustrating. It's the same thing happens when you're reading comic books on the regular. If you're a regular on a series that's been going on for, you know, 25 years plus, um, there will be a run with a character where you're enjoying the arc of that character. And then after a while, the character is being recycled and turned from like babyface to heel or good guy, uh-huh. bad guy, or whatever so often that we're like, I just don't even care anymore. Like you were good, you were bad, I don't, I don't care anymore. Fuck off, man um same way if you're somebody who's been reading like action comics or detective comics for 30 years uh, uh like a, i think a lot of well-adjusted people and I, I i mean the term well-adjusted will just check into something and they'll always stay abreast of it but sometimes they'll like something will be more exciting than not and they'll get invested in that story arc and when it's over they just kind of acknowledge it's over and keep reading and see what the next thing happens what's the next thing we're doing okay And it doesn't necessarily have to be the biggest, baddest, worst thing that's ever happened to the character or whatever. Mm -hmm. Escalation isn't a priority, I'll call it. like You escalate within a storyline, but you don't necessarily have to escalate the entire property. Um, If they did that at this point uh, with like professional wrestling, it would just be a bunch of people that were only alive for like two. It would be the Hunger Games is what Mm -hmm. professional wrestling would be at this point. It would be literally people dying on stage gruesomely. Like it is uh, in in ways that you could not even imagine. I would watch um, that though. <laughs> I get it, but like <laughs> same time, I remember watching Mankind fall what must have been fifty feet uh, from that uh, the top of that cage and thinking, well, I don't know how you're going to top this. And you know what? It was kind of right. That was the limit of what the human body could achieve. Um, it, there was, there is, like, a, there's a limit for what you can do. Like physically as a human and still be alive Uh, anyway so all that to say like i think certain storylines when they come and go like that can exhaust you Uh, especially get to the point where you're like like the cw uh, supernatural is a good example from what i've seen of it it just like you'll run into the the worst person they've ever met and then Mm -hmm. they'll defeat him and then they'll find out about find out about like his cousin who's the worst person you've ever met yeah and the show keeps going Uh, There was a Tumblr post I saw somewhere where somebody was like, next season on Supernatural. It was one of those stupid things. where, like, we were into Satan's cousin, blah, blah, blah. It was the the actual devil who invented God himself and blah, blah, blah. And and then it turned out that was fake. And somebody was like, I just totally believed that was the next season of Supernatural. Uh I I was just happy to believe that was what was going
2: to (laughs) happen. Yep. I feel like there's at least one listener of our show who just heard that. Just like clued back in just for a second and then like went back to thinking about something else while they had us on in the background. Oh yeah. And they're going to later on tell someone's like, "I'm not going to watch that supernatural show. Yeah, I know you keep telling me to watch it, but I mean, apparently they're doing some kind of thing next year." <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Cuz uh, we all do that when
1: we're listening to podcasts. Like, I'll phase out of podcasts. I'll stop and listening and out, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um we should just say random names every now and then. Just just to right just like yell like Mark hmm just see if we can get somebody's attention um that's right i did that with uh with time suck at one point and i, I used to pride myself like he uh to the course of the show and it's kind of a like historically slanted show i'll just pick a character or a moment or event or whatever and do a two-hour recap of it and he's a comedian so it's funny but you know every once in a while especially in the darker ones he'll like just play with he'll just like go off on a tangent uh you usually last about sixty seconds or something. And uh then it'll kinda of come back and say, like, yeah, so uh that was bullshit. And uh, hope I hope someone uh I hope someone listened to that and thought, Oh my god, and then just was distracted and didn't realize that they <laughs> they had learned something that was completely bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I get that and I appreciate that, but uh he, he got me one time with like Marilyn Monroe where he had some story about her watching uh watching like a neighbor kid be mauled by a dog in the yard. And I zoned in and out and like for a few months I was telling people that this was like, did you hear about this? This was insane. I didn't know about this. And then I kind of went back and thought about it for a second when I was I was explaining it to somebody and thought about, it. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've been played. <laughs>
2: That's great.
1: And um, sure enough, I had been played.
2: Yeah. So I think the only person we haven't really talked about is Kara herself. Uh I loved that we got to a point where she was like I think earlier in the season, when she was like willing to believe Lena and do some illegal shit for her, mm-hmm. was like a low point for the character. And I was just like, dude, really? But she was just like so desperate to get that friendship back. I actively cheered, uh, or at the very least, there was a guttural yes mm-hmm. when she is like telling Lena, like, you keep working with him. You're a villain and I'll take you down. I like, appreciated that. I was just like, there's the super girl I expect.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I always fluctuate because on the one hand, I want her to be accepting because for me, that's, that's a little bit of what the S symbol means is like hoping, hoping for the best in people. And on the other hand, it has to mean to some extent being able to draw a line in sand and it's a hard line to draw.
2: Yeah, to me, it's, that was that, like, Kara's version of that Boondock Saints scene in the courtroom scene where he's like, we encourage you lower le- uh, you lesser versions of filth to stay away from crossing the line because behind that door you will find us, or we three, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was just like, look, Lena, you pulling some shit. I don't like it. Don't be like
1: your brother, dude. I will take your ass down. I dug it. I dug it so hard. What was it saying where it's like Red Hood uh the adam and somebody else it's somewhere in the like crises storylines um because they're they're dealing with all the monitors at some point and the monitors do a a great deal of fucking up and basically like adam and all of his uh all of his uh versions of things gets super fucked up by something anyway so they show up though at like a meeting like a council meeting like a like a congressional hearing kind of thing for all the Mm -hmm. monitors and they they tell him, like, there should be a, a body of people who keep track of you, because clearly you cannot be trusted implicitly. And I'm paraphrasing deeply, but then the monitors start to grumble and say, like, well, this is bullshit. We've always been in charge and blah, blah, blah. And there's other people saying, like, well, this is this is heresy. Like, who, I mean, who would be in charge of such a thing? And so and so. And then I think it's the atom just cuts him off and says, you misunderstand. I'm not here to suggest it. I'm here to serve notice. And they just mm-hmm. bail. Like. <laughs> That's it. yeah. <laughs> uh, I I enjoy the shit out of that scene. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that's fantastic. All right. Um. Yeah. Other than other than you know I I was annoyed by you know just needing her needing to have a, a romantic interest. Um. But really, the Lena Cara storyline was the heart of this entire season. I feel. Yeah. Like.
1: Yeah. And it was there was a. They did a good job with it too. I, I really I really enjoyed what I saw of it.
2: Yeah. I uh I I feel like it was important for Kara to deal with the repercussions of her actions, man.
1: Yeah. And also I was torn a little bit when, when Lena shows up at the door and just really just lets loose about I fucked up. Part of me just wanted Supergirl to go over there and just hug her because she's Supergirl. You know what I mean? hmm And the other part of me understood where she's coming from, and like, yeah, she she made a decision that was questionable, but she did it with the best interest in mind, and, and uh, when it came down to it, Lena just had no respect for her intentions. So, the middle ground, where they just kind of had to hash it out later, and I was a little bit glad that that like the distance between those moments was truncated. It, it, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was because of the way this episode was written or because of the COVID, but I was a little bit glad that it was a short time period because I I wouldn't have, I didn't want to watch her cold shoulder Lena like for several episodes. The mm-hmm. fact that they wrapped it up was to me a blessing. Um, like I would deeply prefer that. But also like looking back, it made sense. It was a nice middle ground. Like she did accept her help. She did accept her company again, but she also did it with a grain of salt and wanted to make sure they were on the same page before they shook hands and said everything was okay. Yeah. I, I kind of, I, it seemed like Kara's grown a lot.
2: Yeah. And Lena straight up saved her at one point. So like stood in the path, you know?
1: Oh yeah. Literally just said, you got to go through me. That was, that was a good moment. That was a good yeah. in between moment. That,
2: that, that uh covers a multitude of sins right there. Like that's, <laughs> Oh, you, yeah. For I mean, the viewers, you... that's just like, okay, things are back to normal.
1: Yeah. <laughs> As viewer, you you got to think, okay, this matters. I mean, you, you make whatever, mistakes you want in a relationship, but if I literally put my body between yours and someone trying to harm you, it surely we're gonna make up for something. A little bit. Mm-hmm. We're gonna it's it's gotta be a step in the right direction. Yep. I agree. I think that's all I got, man. Yeah, me too. I enjoyed the season. That's the wrap up for me. Yeah. I enjoyed the
2: season. Uh I think I agreed with you at one point when you said you thought it was the best Supergirl season, but the more I think about it, the more I think last season with uh with Agent Liberty was the best. I still kind of keep going back to Age of Liberty and going, like, he was such a good villain, though. He was a good villain. Like, his whole backstory and how, like, he started out on the side of the angels
1: and then sl- just, like, watching well, that his- one episode with his backstory was phenomenal.
2: Yeah, and then just, like, sh- they, they did such a good job showing his descent, like, because it, it rang so true. It rang so true to, like, how people come to those places in real life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like nobody wants to grow up being that person, but you find yourself there. Yep. And I get that. And it was really well written and uh honestly pretty subtle for what for some of its competition on Supergirl. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Uh, and it, uh, just yeah, I I completely agree that was a good villain and a good episode and a good arc. Um but I think I enjoyed this season more.
2: Yeah, I I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm honestly not sure, which that's not a bad place to be. Supergirl. No. No, that's fine. Your last two seasons being like fighting for dominance over which one is the best in my mind of the entire series in my mind? Like that's not a bad that's not a bad place to be. Not you guys are improving.
1: No, I agree. I mean it's it's a far cry from where we're like talking about how the flash is just not what we were hoping for this season and stuff like that. It hasn't been for the last three. <laughs> <laughs> it's not been i like i don't want to make it a black and white thing it's just been no it's a black and white thing like for me for sure this last season was not where i wanted it to go so i'm not trying to be fan entitled by any stretch sure but um, no no i'm not
2: doing that i'm just just (laughs) i mean we've got to have opinions on these things but yeah it's okay uh, to have an
1: opinion but yeah (laughs) to that end yeah i just didn't want to see like yeah, I didn't. I, we covered it already, but I didn't want to see necessarily where the story went. And this time, I I didn't know, as we never do, where the story was going to go. And this time, I was just uh, not even surprised, but just happy about the whole thing.
2: Oh, dude, I've, we've got to talk about this real what? quick. Shoot. Um, I loved how I feel they. I like we're going to they... stop
1: recording, and I'm immediately going to think of something and be like, "Oh
2: damn!" It. Oh, we always do. That's what. Yeah. That's what news episode rambles are for. So, <laughs> um, Jedediah. Lex killed him had him killed off screen unceremoniously yeah <laughs> Dean Kane is a that. dick in real life yeah
1: dug it yeah yeah I I kind of watching watching it happen I didn't know any of the backstory I just didn't catch that it didn't hit my radar so I I realized later why it was unceremoniously and just kind of chuckled like <laughs> all right um on screen though it it didn't even feel weird. They, I bought it. I bought it for the episode, and I, you know, they really dug into like Alex's backstory with with his death, and it hit really hard. Mm-hmm. I, just, I it ended
2: up being a really great episode. That said, you know, if they come back somehow and they're and he faked his own death and it's not Dean Kane, they just recasted him,
1: I'd <laughs> be all right with that too. In the context of what we've seen in the last week, but sure I don't want it really. I'm fucking sure. Why not? What's the context of what we've seen in the last week? Ah, people, people leaving, people, well, for several reasons. <laughs> we'll see about recasting. We'll see about just changing a character entirely. Like, I don't know. For oh, yeah. the CW, I, I just don't know what to expect right now.
2: I, I hope they reconsider, but, you know, CW has actively said they are, they are changing the character. That is not going to be Kate Kane anymore on Batwoman.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I am not happy about that because the entire show revolves around Kate Kane. It's literally everything called that revolves around, um, Everything revolves around
3: her.
1: Yeah. Completely agree. I don't know how to do uh I don't know how to undo that. I I just I don't know I don't I don't know how they're going to do that. Well I, they already it's had It's also such a bold move that I I said somewhere earlier on Twitter I think that like I'm it's such a ridiculous move that I'm almost more curious than I am mad. Like mm-hmm. what the hell is your plan? And you haven't even finished the season yet. So, no, I'm, I'm, no, I did not. Have.
2: Everything they set up was Kate Kane centric, buddy. Like everything. They've got, they've got episodes written for next season
1: revolving around Kate Kane. I believe it. Uh, and I'm sure they didn't get to completely finish the arc. Oh, no. No, no, no. Cause, so, so if you did this season, especially if you were filming in Vancouver and had to
2: bail. So, you know, my my hope at the very least is that they'll have Ruby Rose in like an episode or two as like a special guest star.
1: Just kind of being like, I hurt my knee or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun, actually. Bring her in. Because, uh, hell, I remember the producers even saying they wanted to do like a uh, uh, World's Finest episode with her at Supergirl. Um, mm-hmm. It'd be fun to see her just come in somewhere. With like a, a, like a cane, um, I'm not trying to make a wordplay here, I'm just saying like her coming in with a limp or something, and just because of the uh, us hating so much the mechanism they used in The Dark Knight Rises, just being like, yeah, so I can't do this anymore. Um, There's not like a magic thing you can wrap around your knee that'll make that better. I'm just done. Yep, that would be great. I, think I would be p- down for that. In That'd particular, really I think it'd make Steve, uh, Steve happy, Dr. Steve happy. Cause mm-hmm. We asked him on his show, like, "What's what would kill Batman? Like, what's the thing? And without hesitation, he said, deceleration. It's ridiculous. There's no way. That man flaunts about and grapples and does everything he does and, and almost hits the ground as many times as he does. And, like, his his skull would, like, his brain would smatter against the side of his skull. He'd be dead in the first five days. <laughs> oh, it's that deep. Yeah, it wouldn't last a week. <laughs> okay. Wow. Deceleration, apparently, kids—that's what would kill Batman. Good to know. <laughs> I couldn't argue when he said it. I was like, yeah, yeah that all tracks. It makes sense. The 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 bits I remember about physics would would not work out. Yeah, you're you're probably not wrong. I actually I right. remember him specifically saying, like, I don't care what kind of armor you put in that suit, whatever you're doing, at some point your brain goes against the side of your cranium, and that's going to end him. Oh, okay. We're going to do inter intercranial shock absorbers now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what we need. That's the fourth Christopher Nolan film, him getting implants.
2: I would. like If if for whatever reason I ever wound up writing Batman in any capacity, mm-hmm. I will have a, an offhand reference to an intercranial <laughs> shock absorber of some shock kind. Shock absorber, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, maybe some sort of, like, gravity field or something that somebody created for him inside the helmet. Lucius, I guess, to, to yeah. keep
1: his brain from splattering against the inside of his skull. Like Speed Force style, something that just magically protects him.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: All right, I think I'm done. I think we're done.
1: Yep, we've rambled. Let's get cool. out.
2: Thank you guys so much for listening. Hey, girls, those of you who came to hang out with us. There are, mm-hmm. fi- there are a few. hmm Um... <laughs> Statistically, mostly males, but you know we're we're open. We uh, yeah, have everybody here. Yeah, um, I will be back in a few days with Brent doing a Batwoman review, mm-hmm.
1: as we alluded uh, to. I have not had time to finish Batwoman this yeah, year, and I'm uh, going to have to finish that up before I listen to that episode. Frankly,
2: <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know i I am interested, and we'll probably we we have some we have listener feedback, so you will wind up talking about the show. You will wind, on on a, on probably on a, uh, on a news episode somewhere. Yeah. But anyway, uh,
1: like four weeks from now, I'm guessing.
2: Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, Brent from fans without borders is going to be joining me. And uh, he, as you might imagine, he has some, if you haven't already heard his thoughts on his own show, uh, he will actually be
1: talking about the, the recasting as well. So, yep. Uh, I'll say this. I- having seen what he's posted here and there, we're not going to be on uh, different pages. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm not going to be listening in, in four weeks thinking, Oh, those motherfuckers, they got that wrong. No, I'm no. Pretty sure I'm going to be listening going. Yep. Yep. That yes. That
2: <laughs> anyway, um, thank you guys. Patreon.com slash DC on screen. If you're interested in helping out, um, you'll get the normal episodes uh, ad-free, plus whatever weird shit we wind up throwing up. Sure. So, um, until next time, keep some DC on your screen. Yay! Our intro music is by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Galactic Engineers of Magnetic Sounds, or GEMS, can be found on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Visit DCOnScreen.com to find our Patreon, merch, contact information, and every episode of the show for free, including crossovers we've done with other podcasts. DC OnScreen is a Maladjusted production. For more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, vlogs, parodies, and our improvised web series, Hey Guy, visit maladjusted.tv.
0: Get the max out of your tax refund at iMart Express. With two pairs starting under $40, bucks. you will spend less on the have-tos and keep more for the want-tos. Our quality glasses are made in-store by skilled lab techs that take care of your glasses from start to finish, getting them back to you with same-day speed. Get two pairs of glasses starting under 40 bucks, or two pairs of progressives for under 80 Our prices won't break the bank. Your tax refund goes further at iMart Express.